Hello, Playdate. This is Don. And this is Nick. And I'm Ryan. And this week we are covering Playdate news, indie games of the week, and season one, week five releases. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. I wanted to talk about news and notes. Oh, I forgot Ryan's little song there. Sorry, Ryan. I wanted to mention real quick. How about for June, we have a focus on rating our game, or rating our favorite games on uh, itch.io. Hmm. Hmm. You know, you can give them a little one to five stars, write a little review. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of, if you look at like the top rated games, I think the top game had, oh, I don't have itch open. I think the top game maybe had, it was 30 ratings and the second most rated game had like 18 ratings. Hmm. So if we give our favorite games, or maybe all of our purchases or side loads a rating, and maybe if the listeners do, and maybe we mention it on Discord or Twitter or whatnot, maybe we could make like a little culture of let's uh-huh. rate let's rate some stuff let's get people excited about these things and then when yeah. when new owners hop onto itch they can see oh this game's got five stars this game's got 4.8 stars or whatever speaking as a developer positive feedback always appreciated negative too but positive more so <laughs> yeah well, constructive like feedback idea. is good yeah yeah and most of the devs seem really on top of on the ball very responsive you know, responsive yeah. in the comments yeah totally so I thought we'd build a little a little June culture of uh, yeah, giving those ratings. Yeah, sounds I great. Like that idea, good idea, Don. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say about your ratings call to action? No, that was it. Just a little call to action. If you don't know how, when you're on the game page, you can look in the top right corner and it says like follow the dev, and there's a, a quick button there just to rate it. And I'm guessing in your collection there's something similar. I think there's even a long list of stuff you can just rate them as you go. Oh, um, that's I was handy. looking at my collection the other day. I think that's how it worked. But uh, all right, anyway. I will commit to reviewing a game this week. And listeners probably know by now I am the least tech savvy of anyone on the microphones <laughs> here. Well, <laughs> so, at a bare minimum, just click some stars. Yeah, you know, I registered an itch uh, account. Last week, I was very proud of that. I I had not done it before, but I really wanted to get in touch with the developer of the game that I downloaded, and uh, I'm glad I did because he was super responsive. And I've got some stuff to chat about when we get to the indie games of the week. But uh, for now, uh, we are talking ratings, <laughs> and uh, I thought we should probably let the listeners know that next episode, ec- episode number six, uh, is going to be just a tad bit delayed by a day or two. And there is a reason for that, that I would like to let Don talk about because he sort of uh, spearheaded this. Mm, I wasn't going to mention who, but no? we might have no. a special guest. Well, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't like to count our chickens, right? But okay. it'll be at a very minimum. It's, it'll be late because Ryan can't record on Tuesday, right? That's the official reason why we're not recording on Tuesday, but we, we right? do have, yeah, you're you're the one who couldn't make it on Tuesday, right? Oh, whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but which is fine. That's totally fine. We're we're pretty laid back here. But uh, yeah, to make it up for being a couple days late, we are hoping to have a very special guest, a uh, a, de- a developer who will be sitting as a mm-hmm. fourth chair talking about mm-hmm. one of the uh, season or the week week six games that he's excited mm-hmm. about. Fantastic! So, That'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, keep an eye on the socials if he wants to. Um, announce who it is then we'll we'll do that but uh yeah hopefully just a chill conversation that we can talk about an exciting game coming next week 
super high pressure, very structured interview, just I like know. Don likes. Oh, just like I like. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of high pressure, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Tell us, tell us about your indie game of the week. Oh, man. I, I love the pressure. Um, oh, wait. Uh, you know what? I forgot to add a news and note to oh, the, Lord. the former section. Here we go. <laughs> I thought we were chill here. Um, oh, yeah, we are. What, so what's up? This, uh, <laughs> this week... I dove hard into pulp and just had such a lovely time arting in pulp, you know, pushing pixels, making pictures and like starting to make a game. It's been super fun. And I've just been like, uh, head over heels about it. Like it's, it's what occupies my mind most of my waking hours now. (laughs) And uh, I'm pretty proud of this initial uh, starting environment that I created. And I've really been fleshing out one of the interior environments and uh, adding a wee bit of code. I, I hesitate to say that word because I'm not a coder, but they allow you to make things do things. And I know there's code happening behind the scenes, but I'm making things do things uh, on a very rudimentary level. And I cannot wait to badger Nick about (laughs) how to make things happen on a less rudimentary level. And uh, we we might get Don involved in this action too. We'll we'll see what happens. It might be a a trifecta of the podcast uh, where we all are contributing to the development of this game. But in the meantime, I've been having a lot of fun with pulp and I, I wanted to mention that in the news. Well, I uh, played your beta right before we, we started and it, it was very cool. The interior is looking great. And uh, I noticed some little dialogue and notes in there that were really fun to interact with. I'm, cool. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. I have a lot of questions for you, but I'm going to save them for <laughs> a later time. So we got to uh, keep this podcast under an hour. <laughs> so, uh, look forward to that because because uh, there's there's going to be a lot of conversation about pulp in the future. Excellent. All right, I think it is time for indie games of the week. Uh, do either of you guys want to start? Sure. Yeah, I want to mention uh, Trap Doors by Northide or hmm. Northide North Northide Northide. I don't know Trap Doors. Uh, you may have seen this one featured. It rose to the top of the charts very quickly. I was going to talk about another game, but I, once I played this, it is this super polished puzzle action game. Oh, wow. And these screenshots don't give a good representation of what it is, but it it is this like conveyor belt game, and you're using the crank to open these hatches. And so hmm. you have these different colored blobs going across the conveyor belts, going over the top of these hatches, and you have to open the correct colored hatch move the cursor with the D-pad and then crank open the hatch so that the correct colored blob falls in the correct colored hatch. So if a black blob blob is coloring, Mm. you got to move the cursor over to the black hatch, crank it open, let the black blob fall in there and then crank it shut before the white blob comes into contact with the black hatch, for example. And then eventually Mm. there's multiple belts and you're like going back and forth and, um, you're rated between one and five stars. And then, uh, there's an endless mode, which I did not mess with. Um, and it's, it's super polished, super fun. It's frantic. It's really good use of the, uh, the crank. Like this mm-hmm. is another one where this feels like it could easily be a season game. Mm-hmm. It's just got that really good classic arcade feel. And it feels like something that has to be on the, 
on the crank. Like it has to be on the play date itself. In fact, you cannot play this on the SDK. You have to play it on the device, on the console. Hmm. Um, Interesting. There's multiple animations to the, uh, the hatch opening. So it's not just open or closed. It's slowly open, slowly closed. So you've you've piqued my interest, Don. This sounds right up my alley, an action puzzle game. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this even existed. I don't know when this dropped, but or when it started gaining in popularity, but I'm gonna have to go sideload this thing. Is it free or pay what you want? Uh, it's pay what you the... want. Yeah, name okay. your own price. Wow. It's think of it as um what was it? Flipper think of it as flipper lifter, but you would have to crank open the doors of the elevator. Okay, you move the elevator into place and you crank it open. And you slam it shut, and then you move it over, and then you crank it open, and you slam it shut. So, and it moves side to side instead of up and down. It, it did have a similar vibe to that, except I was slamming open, open the doors over and over. So, this sounds and looks great. I'm yeah. looking forward to trying it. Super polished. Definitely check it out. So, trap doors. What about uh, what about you, Nick? So, I wanted to highlight a game. I believe we talked about it. Um, last week briefly called llama uh, carrot and it's by a developer called blue llama uh, this is a name your own price game on itch and it is itself based on a dungeons and dragons handheld led game uh, which itself was based off of the classic game hunt the wumpus so you're roaming around a, a labyrinth it's about 10 squares and um you have to find the dragon from the Atari 2600 game Adventure <laughs> and throw a carrot into its mouth before it eats you. Uh, however, the bat from Adventure is wandering around and will pick you up and deposit you somewhere that you don't want to be, probably. Uh, and there are also pits that are randomly placed throughout the environment. Um, there is a grappling hook item that you can pick up uh, or be awarded. Uh, and that allows you to climb out of the pits. But once you use that grappling hook, uh, if you fall in a pit again, you die. So there are many, many ways to die. And um, one of the ways is being eaten by the dragon, which is uh, very unfortunate if you're not quite quick enough on the draw. And so uh, the the only um, bit of criticism that I have for the game is is the controls take a bit of getting used to. Uh, you use the D-pad to move around, and that's uh, fairly straightforward. But uh, when you have to throw the carrot to the dragon, you have to pull out the crank and then crank real fast to, to toss it to it. Um, that uh, is a little awkward at first and takes some getting used to. But once you get the hang of it, uh, it's really fun uh, just to go through these very short, uh, randomly generated dungeons. And there's three different... Uh, skill levels or difficulties and each one changes kind of your starting loadout on the first uh, level you get a grappling hook and a carrot to start off with on the next one you get the grappling hook only and you have to find the carrot and then the last one you get nothing and you have to find everything uh so it's a it's a pretty interesting concept especially for an led game um and if you're familiar with uh, some of the Intellivision Dungeons and Dragons games, there's some some bones of that in there too. Um, so it's it's kind of a cool throwback game, and I just wanted to highlight uh, a fun little handheld experience. 
Cool. Yeah, it looks great. Do you have to select the carrot and rope, or do you just automatically use them? You, if you have them in your inventory, you can automatically use them. So to okay, use cool. the carrot, you have to crank. Yeah. yeah. Um, to use the the grappling hook, I think you have to press up, or you have to crank when you're in a pit, something like that. Mm. Um. So yeah, that again is llama carrot by Blue Llama. I remember this LCD game from when I was a kid and I saw this on the itch store and I keep meaning to download this and then I get distracted by something else, but it looks really fun. It looks, sounds like they've made some changes to that mm-hmm. original game, but using that concept, is that right? Yeah. Because yeah. the original game, if I recall correctly, it did not have a randomized maze. It was like a very set maze. Yeah. That would be more akin to hunt the wumpus i think uh been a long time since i've thought about that but um yeah it's uh i i would say worth a pick up and play and especially for you ryan this is my ryan recommendation of the week (laughs) (laughs) gotta love those lcd games um yeah cool uh well is there anything else about uh llama carrot you wanted to tell us about nick no i'm i'm interested to hear what your game of the week is right okay Cool. Well, uh, this week I sideloaded Retro Derby, and this is created by a developer who goes by the name of Sid Fisk. And on the page, it says it's his first programming venture in 30 years. And I really super loved this. Uh, It's based on a 1978 Tomy mechanical game called Digital Derby. And I don't know if you remember this thing, but when I was a kid, one of my friends had this and these it's it's a racing game and you have a couple of cars that are on a sort of like a clear conveyor belt and you are steering your car right in front of you trying to avoid these cars as they uh come come past you at different speeds and uh you're trying to get the most number of laps and the guy has recreated the housing for the original game the original physical mechanical game very faithfully i thought and uh, made it work for the playdate, even down to the fact that the race car that is you is outlined by this very tiny paddle because in the original game, it was mechanical. So you saw this little paddle that the car was printed on as it moves from side to side. (laughs) Um, So this was a big throwback for me. I super enjoyed it, but it does have... A thing where when you ramp up to full speed, one of the cars is moving at, let's say, 1x speed and the other car is moving at 2x speed. And so essentially these cars start passing you at an identical uh, distance away from one another, distance from you. And so it's pretty easy to get into a rhythm of, oh, this is where I pass the cars now. Let's do it again. And it's it's identical each and every time once you get your speed up to uh, third gear, which is the highest gear in the game. So um, I wrote the guy about this, you know, complimented him on this loving recreation that he did and asked him about this. And I heard back from him actually a couple times. And I wanted to read real quickly uh, what I heard back. And I think it was like 24 hours or so. And uh, the developer Sid Fisk says, yes, absolutely. I find it's too easy as well to find the groove and always land on the max score without the need to do any tactical maneuvering. 
the original was a constant speed within each gear, but the spacing, I think, allowed itself to not have a magical pattern that works forever, which I believe he is right. I don't remember the original having that pattern. So he goes on to say, I have an interim build in the works where I adjusted the speed and I think it's better. More tweaking is probably needed to make sure it feels authentic enough and until I receive my play date. So it sounds like he doesn't have his play date yet. Uh, He says, until then, I'll have to rely on you all. This is posted in the public forum on that page. I'll have to rely on you all to let me know how it feels. I'm also working to save state so high score and the number of games played is saved between play sessions. Once I get all that figured out, I'll release a new version with both adjustments. I'm hoping by the end of next week. Thank you again for the feedback. I'm absolutely going to keep going. It's been a great way to get back into coding and recreating digital derby has been a dream of mine since I was a kid, Sid. So there's some really quick feedback from a developer who I reached out to publicly and he was nice enough to respond, and it sounds like he's, uh, you know, really into honing the game that he already put out there. So I thought that was really great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what a cool story coming back to uh, coding after thirty years, right? To make a playdate game, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that, that that this there's no entry fee in a way to make mm-hmm. games with the play date you don't have to pay a license to the apple store um maybe on android you don't have to i'm not sure how that works with listing games there but play date you just make whatever you want and post it real easily and so maybe that's why we're seeing a lot more of these experimental or kind of lovingly crafted fan projects or whatever so quickly i, th- I think the constraints of the system also lend themselves to um that kind of creative and quick mm-hmm creative output as well that's a good point so um yeah it's it's just really fascinating to see and and at first i know don you and i had talked about uh being worried that there might not be a huge um bunch of indie games to to really continue Mm -hmm. to talk about and and i've been very impressed with the uh the rate of release and the fact that uh this is much more popular than just you know, Nick and Don talking about the thing. Yeah. We, there's at least three of us here. So, <laughs> but no, there's, there are a ton of people who are interested in developing and developing oh. stuff. And um, it's just so cool. Yeah. I'm having the opposite problem with the uh, indie games. It's like the game I picked for, for this week. It's like, oh, well, I've already found something else that I want to rather talk about. So that's going to get bumped. And then I was like, well, I don't know if next week, this other game is supposed to come out Saturday. So I don't know. That might, I'll probably, might be on game next week. And... Yeah, it is It is tough to pick uh, just one uh, mm-hmm. each week. But um, but it's uh, that's its own form of constraint and creative uh, yep. uh, output there. So it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's cool to hear you mention this whole constraint thing because the official Playdate podcast that interviews designers of season one games, virtually every design team talks about their love of constraints of the Playdate and how that really uh, enhances their creativity. And inevitably, they all say they want to keep and continue developing on Playdate exclusively if they could. <laughs> mm-hmm. It seems like yeah. it's not a, a matter of trying to jam Witcher into the Switch, you know, trying to jam something big into something small, but rather just what can we do with this limited thing? Yeah, it's its let own it be beast. its own thing, right? Yeah. 
and even down to the pulp development web development thing even you know uh, technically boneheaded people like me can jump on there and start making a little something and uh yeah the the barrier for entry being so low is so neat for this Mm -hmm. little it is yellow box (laughs) and that you can you can make games even if you're using the official sdk without having a device Mm -hmm. um it's it's really huge um for uh, they call that the democratization of coding and um it's it's neat to see in action um there's been talk about that for years and years of various frameworks and so forth but uh but this is you know a whole nother level so it's really cool agreed Pretty exciting mm-hmm. that's what the ouya meant to be so right? speaking of no. exciting uh-huh and the ouya no, not the Ouya. Um, I, I hear a I hear a bumper coming on. Oh, uh, here we go. Season games season. of the week. Nice. Um, this week uh, there are two season games, and the first is called uh, Omaze Omaze. by Omaze by Gregory Kogos. Um, so, Don, tell tell us about this game. So Omaze is a, he calls it a circular puzzle platformer. And I read the, the, uh, the postmortem that he posted on his, uh, on his Twitter. And he had developed this game called Roto Ring, mm-hmm. which was like an LED game that was two circles. And it was similar to some of the puzzles in this game where you're dr- jumping a little dot across two circles. And he, so he was like, well, maybe let me try to figure out how to port this Roto Ring game to, um, play date, but then he was like, Well, let me what if I remix it and see how it works with the crank and see how I can do different things? And so he made a maze out of circles, so it became an O maze. And so, going, I'll post a, a link in the show notes to this postmortem article. But he has all these little printouts of all these little uh, grids of circles and how he made all these different little mazes. So, that's really what this game is it's just all these little mazes made out of circles. And your character or whatever is also a little circle that jumps in and out of these other little circles. And he gets really creative, almost in like a uh, WarioWare sort of fashion with how you use the crank and docking the crank and going in and out of circles and using the face buttons to um, change how the circles work. I don't want to like spoil too much because I think discovering how the levels... Like discovering the physics and the tricks to each level is the fun of the game in a lot of ways, but uh, it's really cool. He gets a lot of mileage out of kind of a simple idea in a way, this O maze. And I, these are the kind of games I like to see. Like I was trying to think, well, would this work on a, a touch interface? Like would this work on your iPhone or something? And I think some of the faster levels would not feel the same if you were using a touch screen, trying to, jump mm-hmm. back and forth between the a and b buttons there were times where i had one thumb on the a button one thumb on the b button because i needed to just jump across so quickly and then i got to where i was trying to really memorize okay i'm gonna push b a b a and then stop and then i'm uh-huh. gonna crank le- counterclockwise once and then i gotta b a and then counterclockwise you know, clockwise one more time and i don't think i could do that on an iphone or something um, so this again was a game that was really crafted for the play date, and the play date made it work perfectly. Or 
uh, maybe he could come up with something else that would work well on a, a touch interface, like a different iteration of a WarioWare game where Twisted would only work on a, a motion, a motion um, device. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Touched, you had to have a touchscreen. Twisted, you mm-hmm. had to have a motion device. Um, I forget what they called the Wii version, but you had to have a pointer. Maybe he could have different iterations of Omaze, but anyway. This one works well on the play date. But what what do you guys think? I again I just spent five minutes talking. Yeah, right. Oh man, this one got me really excited. And I agree with Don that it's uh another really nice example of a platform specific game. You know, I'm trying to think of some touchscreen equivalent like you were talking about, and I can't even imagine having as many digits on the screen as you need on the play date for some of those mazes. Some of those mazes. Uh, spoiler alert! Here comes again. Um, <laughs> I, I had to like whip back the crank, even when I didn't need to, because I'd run into something and I'd want to slow down the trajectory of where my guy, my cursor, my little circle was being pushed, and so I'd like rewind it so I wouldn't run into something, rather than like pressing the A button to change the direction or, or whatever. Anyway, there was a lot going on in some of those upper mazes and more complicated mazes. But uh, all this to say, I was very impressed with how much variety he was able to squeeze out of a bunch of circle mazes. <laughs> like it was so much fun. And uh, I even started discovering a couple things later on. I don't think this one's going to be a spoiler, but um, there is an option for progress that I did not see until very late in playing. And it pops up a bunch of very tiny circles and your end goal circle. And I'm like, wait, what in the world are these things? And basically if it's filled, you've completed it. And if it's hollow, then you haven't completed it or, or vice versa. I forget exactly what, but it's telling you how many mazes are in this particular section and um, how many you have left to complete. So I thought that was nice because for a little while, I wasn't sure if there were like stopping points or end points and there ended up being so, but, but for a few mazes, I was like, man, does this just go on forever at infinitum or, but it, it doesn't, there's a, a finite number of mazes, but, um, but man, this, this one got me really excited at the simplicity, the ingenuity, the variety and fun. Like Don was saying, you got to like really almost memorize some of your moves before you start going because the action is so quick in some spots. So this really hit me in, in all the right ways, but what do you think, Nick? Uh, I really like this game as well. Um, it's challenging. Um, it can be very challenging if you're, if you just have a few minutes to pick up and play. Um, cause it, it takes a little while to get acclimated to, whatever extremely high difficulty level you left off on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, that said, it's, it's incredibly fun, even when it is frustrating, which is a very difficult thing to achieve in a game. Um, I, there was one stage that I repeated probably 150 times. (laughs) I, uh, for some reason, my brain would not turn the crank in a particular way after getting into a very fast moving mm-hmm. 
area and I just kept wiping out over and over again but it was always my fault and I always knew exactly you know the fraction of a second difference that I mm-hmm. needed in order to make it work and um, that's it's it's really uh, exceptional I, you know I just want to say that again that uh, I didn't come away from that experience just feeling so frustrated uh, I, I just wanted to keep trying until I got it and eventually I did get it everybody um but now i'm stuck on a different stage so uh and the other thing i wanted to highlight was that at the end of each section there is a completely different style of challenge that occurs and it is phenomenal it is so cool um the developer really plays with your expectations as a player um in between each maze and then in these end sections as well um, it's, it's very impressive. I'm just going to keep using that word today, um, to have that experience and to feel a continuous surprise as you uncover each new stage. So, um, well done. Uh, I, I really like this one. Um, uh, and yeah, that's, that's Nick, amazing. I've got a, right? I've got a question yeah. for you. You said sure. that it's difficult it well, challenging yes i agree and in a way you want to have some time built into playing this because you have to devote a particular amount of time to like learning the maze and wiping out and understanding what you need to do next so i'm curious if you felt like o maze requires more time to understand each level than let's say a Kranken's adventure. For me, I felt that way about Kranken, but when I got to Omaze, I felt like, oh, I, I could pick this up and you know devote a couple minutes to a, a maze if I wanted to and, and be done with it. Whereas some of these latter stages of Kranken are like, man, I got to sit down for 5, 10, 15, <laughs> 20, maybe more minutes to get through some of these Kranken stages. What did you think? Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree with that statement because uh, the thing that makes Omaze deceptively simple is that the entire maze is on a single screen. Um, there is no scrolling. There's no uh, element that requires you to reframe your perspective as you're playing. You're always visible at all times in every maze, and it's up to you to not smash into a wall or whatever. Yes, yeah, so um, not only are you visible, but the entire maze is completely is visible, visible yep. on the screen at all times. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so, that's what makes it more rewarding. I, that could be. Um, For me. But uh, I think it's a little deceptive in that, uh, you know, you see the whole thing, so you assume, ah, this is going to be a little bite-sized <laughs> thing. But then there's so many different mechanics packed into mm-hmm. some of the later stages yes. in particular that mm-hmm. you're really, like, contorting yourself to to get through the thing and and by the time you finished, it's been 15, 20 minutes or whatever. Um, so, uh, I think it's a wash in the end. Um, as far as, as perceived challenge to actual challenge, uh, I think perceived challenge on Kranken is higher just because you, you don't know what the end is. Everything's invisible until you smash into it the 15th time and, and then start over and realize you need to crank backwards just a hair. But, uh, in Omaze, uh, it, it's really just, repetition until you get through it so 
it started out as like a chill brain train type game. Like, oh, I could go to bed and like play a couple mazes. And it did, it quickly was like, I cannot play this before bed. Like, I need to be awake, alert, like sitting upright. <laughs> I need to have my arm free. I cannot mm-hmm. be laying on my side or anything. Like Kranken, uh, it does a good job of introducing you to the mechanics in a simple way, but then mm-hmm. using those mechanics to ramp up the difficulty and the variety of each level. Uh, yeah, just so, so beautifully and simply done. Mm-hmm. Did you notice some of the levels look hard, but you can find easier paths through them? Like some of them will have nine chambers, but you can get through them in four or something. Mm-hmm. Or one of yeah. them, um, one of the really fast stages you can quickly move back and forth through the stage or if you start the stage just right you'll just you push one button and you'll finish the stage without touching it again Hmm. it'll drag you at just the right time and you'll miss every obstacle and go right to the ending i thought was neat yeah totally yeah just making it harder for myself those mario maker stages yeah yeah kind of (laughs) another mario maker shout out on here Anyway, uh, should we rank it and move on to the next game? What do you think? Let's do it. All right, Ryan, where do you where do you put Omaze on the list? Oh man, it's I, I have an existential crisis every time we have to do this because <laughs> I like so many of these games. Um, it's it's right around the middle of the pack for me, and in the middle of the pack it, for me is Pickpack Pup and Flipper Lifter. Um, I was going to put it at number six under Flipper Lifter, but I think I'm going to put it right above uh, Flipper Lifter and right under Pickpack Pup at number five. Um, I think there is just a little more variety in this game than Flipper Lifter, even though I really super love Flipper Lifter. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, very impressed with the succinct, well-executed design of omaze mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it at number five which makes it exactly in the middle for me nick what about you uh i have to agree with ryan here number five is my pick so for me that's right under flipper lifter and above lost your marbles cool we've had two really strong weeks in a row i've got yeah. it at number four right under flipper lifter right above casual birder um that's just to say i i love this game and to put it at number four sounds bad in a way but it's just really good there's been some really good games i feel like we say this every week these offerings are are very strong and it feels strange Mm -hmm. to put these amazing amazing games in the middle of the pack (laughs) and like we're, we're sitting here singing its praises it sounds like it should be number one and gosh it 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 could be in any other list but man yeah Great job finding these first season games, Panic. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of first season games, hey. how about our next our next game? Demon Quest 85 by Crooked Park. You play an ordinary everyday kid with ordinary everyday problems. You also have a <laughs> magical book for summoning demons from the lowest circles of hell so they may so that they can help you be more popular at school. Of course. Got to start with important problems first. So um, I had not heard of Crooked Park, but uh, if you, I'll put a link to the uh, games play date page in the show notes. Um, I clicked on everybody's Twitter page here and it's got like, you know, different people doing the script, different people doing the art and uh, music and whatnot. So it's a five person team. But uh, this, I 
it's hard to say if when you look at the uh, splash screen, it's like, oh, what the heck is this? I was not interested in this game at all from the splash screen. I was like, oh, it's going to be some side-scrolling Castlevania game. I don't care. I'll play this later. But this is not a side-scrolling Castlevania game. What is this game, Nick? Uh, Don, this is a game that's marketed squarely to me um, <laughs> and my interests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's essentially a point-and-click adventure game uh and you have to choose um you have to choose a demon that you want to summon and that uh requires you to make multiple choices uh and that is the meat of the game so the choices that you make are to uh have music that fits the demon's interests uh present an offering which could be food or uh mineral or something else that the demon would prefer and then to select three classmates so that uh, there are four of you doing the demon summoning and then you summon the demon and the demon will hopefully grant you a boon Um, so the game progresses through multiple demons which are all laid out in uh, this amazing book that that you find under uh, your brother's bed when he goes off to college Um, and uh I'm, I'm just curious did ryan did you uh enjoy the the demon treaties did you play this game Ryan? did you play this game yeah that's a good question too all right so i fired this game up and i felt like there was a whole lot of reading to do i had to read through this book i had ryan to is an author the by the people. way I had to... <laughs> and uh, I, I just wasn't in a place to do that much reading, if I'm being honest. And mm-hmm. coupled with that, I was so enjoying my week of diving into pulp that most of my time went there. So I don't have a lot to say about this game. I kind of put it down after I had that initial, I don't know, it was maybe 15, 20 minute play. And I, I just, you know... Uh, said to myself, my my joy is coming from pulp right now, so I'm gonna spend my time okay. there instead Open of Demon Quest. And uh, but I did want to touch on that uh, title image though, because I feel like this is such an interesting title image that everybody is getting something different out of it. Don thought <laughs> it was gonna be a a Metroidvania game. I thought it was gonna be like a a, a Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior game, like RPG oh. type of type of thing. That's and that's I what was I assumed really, as well. Yeah. And I was really looking forward to that because that's my jam. And then I got into all these words and <laughs> So I had kind of the opposite effect of Don where he was pleasantly surprised. And I I think I just need to give it a fighting chance. So I'm, I'm going to be highly uh, not useful in this conversation because I do not have much experience with this game. That's, that's fair enough. How about you, Don? Well, I I was going to ask if you guys wanted to do a spoiler talk at the end, but I don't know if we want to spoil it for, uh, for Ryan here. I'm Um, highly interested in that, but, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, we probably I guess don't want to... Ryan can smash the mute button if we want to do that at the <laughs> end here. But my general non-spoiler thoughts, um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny, especially watching uh, Stranger Things Season 4 came out this week. So I think, yeah, Season 4, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I've been watching that and it takes place in the late eighties and this is 85. So kind of the same ballpark, same stereotype, uh, classmates and whatnot. Uh, so I thought it was fun. You do get to see little glimpses into each of the stereotypes lives. If you mix the right grouping of kids together then the demon will kind of interact with them and you'll learn different things about different classmates. Um, if you get the right pairings, you'll learn, you'll see how they interact with each other and learn different things. Um, and then there's, there's like four, four or five demons and the demons somewhat interact with each other. Um, I don't think this is spoiling too much. And there's also, uh, we didn't mention the music. There are several cassettes that you use to, um, you play music to some of the demons. I'm trying to think I was playing something or watching something this week. Oh, it's a stranger things. Stranger things. Uh, running up that hill by Kate Bush is the number one song on Spotify right now (laughs) because they, they use it to a similar effect in stranger things. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you, you basically do the same thing. Like one, one demon loves horn music. So you find like basically a Kenny G cassette. The all brass. It. Yeah, yeah. There's like a Dixieland type type cassette. And then there's also like a smooth jazz cassette. Um, it's, it's really funny. So it's funny to see the eighties interpretation of what demons would be into. Same mm-hmm. with the snacks or the, whatever it's like, you would need a blood or a meat, a flesh offering. So you find like beef jerky or something. <laughs> right. Um, and it, it sounds like there's different combinations because I got stuck. Yeah. I got to the very end of the game and was stuck. I could not find the right combination of classmates to take with me. I was not thinking about it in the right way. So Nick and I, he talked me through it and got me to think of it in a different way and really got me to hone in on who, what classmates I need to take to finish the game. And uh, it sounded like, Nick, you finished it a few times. So you had different endings? So I finished this game three times. Oh my land! Okay. This game is great, um, <laughs> and I, I'm really interested in um, stories about the hierarchy of hell and things like that. So this this game has a lot of that baked in as well. Obviously, you're messing with demons. So, and there's uh, Don alluded to the fact that uh, the demons kind of interact, and so that's that's part of how that happens anyway um yeah there there are a ton of different choices there are for each set of demons i think there might be two sets of kids that will work in each circumstance so you can you really have to read the descriptions in the yearbook which is how you select the kids to go with you um and you have to think about what they're saying very carefully when compared with the uh, the book um, about the demons, so it uh, it takes some time, and the demons will also present you with information about future demons that you need to talk with. So you know the the demons are are demons; they're not uh, trying to help you, generally speaking. Um, but you can sometimes trick them into giving you information that you need in order to make summoning the next demon easier. Um, sometimes they give you that information freely because they want to see the the next demon just rip you apart or whatever. But uh, sometimes it's you know you, you do have to use a little bit of cunning. So it's a uh, it's a really cool game and it's uh, it's written in a in a funny and interesting way. Uh, however, um, there are certain points where the dialogue 
it's kind of locked in. And I, I, I do feel that they could have maybe added a few extra pieces of dialogue. Um, Don, mm. in that last summoning that you mm-hmm. were doing, you probably saw yeah. the same pieces of dialogue over oh, yeah. and over and over again. Dozens so, of times. Yeah. This kind of goes back to um, what I was saying about echoic memory. Like if you could skip uh, repeated dialogue like that, yeah. um, it, it would make the game a little friendlier, um, prevent Ryan from having to read those words on the screen. Pesky, and, pesky you, words. You can blast through pretty quick. Just smash you can, the button. But even faster, Don. Just hit the B button. Skip it all. Um, um, well, I played through Lose Your Marbles or whatever again. Like yeah. I finished it again this week. Mm-hmm. And this felt a lot faster than Lose yeah. Your Marbles still. even And I was jamming the button on that too. Like this... I could snap through it a lot quicker. So there's still even less dialogue in this than lose your marbles. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know how much more I can say without spoiling anything. Spoiling. Yeah. Yeah. So should we go ahead and rank it? Uh, well, I want to say the art is awesome. or like the art. It's got that really Beamish kind of Don Bluth sort of style. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the it's funny it does have a uh, profanity which was i think this is the first game with profanity it's light but it's still there it feels very uh 80s pg yeah so it's <laughs> a good way to describe it yeah uh it, it's a lot of fun uh so ratings I'll, I'll go ahead and rate it first i would put it uh at number five right under omis nice what about uh what about you nick uh well Dun, 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 dun. It's number one for me. Nice. Shocker. That's great. Yeah. Um, if you have an affinity for games like Shin Megami Tensei or anything else that deals with demons, really, uh, <laughs> you owe it to yourself to give it a shot. All right, and, Ryan. Uh, I'm going to balance it out with a number 10. <laughs> so we've got an average nice. of right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I probably need to give this a better shot. Um, just did not connect with me the first time I tried it and I, and I wasn't, uh, tempted to come back all week. But again, I think that's largely because I was neck deep in pulp, but, um, anyway, uh, maybe I'll use my mulligan on it later. Who knows? We'll see if I come back to that. Got that mulligan. Yeah, I would definitely put Lost Your Marbles up on my list. So maybe this will make a comeback on yours. Cool. Cool. Well, um, should we talk? Do you want to talk spoilers? Do you want to close the show and talk spoilers? Yeah, let's let's Nick? close out first. Give people a, a, okay. an opportunity to bail and then um, go from there. All right. So these, these we will talk late game spoilers for Demon Quest. We will spoil the ending of Demon Quest 85. So thank you so much for listening. You can email us, hello playdatepodcast at gmail.com. Our website, playdatepodcast.com. Twitter, hello PD podcast. Instagram, hello playdate. And uh, check us out on Discord. Thank you to the folks who joined the Discord. Uh, you're welcome to chat us up there. And uh, we will catch you next week, hopefully with a special guest. Don't forget, we'll be a couple days late. But uh, thanks again for listening and stay tuned for some spoilers. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you. Ryan, you want to stay or you want to go? Um, I'll stick around. I think that it might 
help get me excited about playing this game. So <laughs> I'm going to stick around. You know me anyway. I'm not I'm not real worried about spoilers. That's true. And there's multiple uh, endings. So you might find something hmm. we didn't. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. So um so late game spoilers. So I got stuck with basically my uh, my final demon had killed all the other demons. I assume that's always happens. Uh, Ball doesn't kill all the other demons. He just prevents you from summoning anybody else. Oh, my my understanding was they were all dead because they were blood splattered on all the pages one, and in in one uh, route, one of the okay. demons will kill all of the minor demons, but then you're okay. still left with uh, Ball and um. I forget the one's name, Gladio Laotis or something. That one will survive. Ball doesn't kill that one. It just prevents you from summoning it. And the ones that you're prevented from summoning have the blood splattered pages. Was that the first demon? Because I told told a demon to kill the first demon. No, um, it's the next to last one. Okay, okay. My mistake. Um, What else am I going to ask you? So I'm trying to think. You never did find the uh, so when I finished the game, you talked about the, the post credit scene. Mm-hmm. The uh, the nerdy kid was was upset that I didn't involve him with demons at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so depending on your choices in the game, the yearbook uh, changes. And um, how did you end the game? Because there's three different options at the end. There's a, a choice where you have I screwed three different up. Options. <laughs> yeah, I screwed what, up. What did you so do? I was going to become a demon and become like a nice demon. That nice, Dylan. Wishes. Yeah. But I I made one wrong decision. I'm trying to think what it was. And he was basically like, all right, Deborah, this guy's a wuss. Do you want to be my demon instead? And he chose some girl to be the demon. And she's like, yeah, I'll be the demon. And so I got kicked to the curb. Nice. Yeah, that's one of the options. So um, then you saw... Deborah's entry in the yearbook and how it changed uh, after the credits. I, I looked at it. I don't recall what it said. It's pretty funny. Um, so that's one option. The other one is you can become a demon. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is that you can just say, I'm, I'm done with demons entirely. Okay. Um, which essentially has the same effect as just giving it to, to old Deborah there or whoever. In my case, it was Nick, which was very confusing because initially my character was named Nick. Yeah. Well, Nick's, Nick's a D-bag. I think it was Beth, actually, was the one who got it. Thanks, Don. Well, no, I, I really got to play this game. Beth was Nick's girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, yeah, well, anyway. We won't, we won't spoil why they broke up. But, you know. Yeah, you'll have to play the game. Mm-hmm. But um, but I agree with uh, with Beth. It was It's time for her to move on. So, um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, each of the characters has a, a pretty interesting little side story and they can be used in different ways. So Don was talking with me the other night and um, he revealed something about one of the characters that I just hadn't noticed. And it was purely in the art, Ryan. Um, So uh, one of the character portraits is very important um, Mm -hmm. in revealing a clue in summoning one of the demons. And uh, I totally missed it. It's a red herring. Yeah. Well, Gotta pay or, attention to that art stuff. Nice. I like to hear that. Hearing. Yeah. I, normally I play with my eyes closed, as we all know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nick's aversion to images is like my aversion to words. <laughs> turn the sound off. and Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about sound at all with these games. You know, week. we always have that problem. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, sound is good. 
Yeah, the sound is fine. I, I, I like the sound of this game, uh, especially before you pick a cassette tape. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was funny. There's like three horn songs, if I remember right. Three uh, horn I think, albums. I think one is woodwinds, one is horns, and then one is like a an orchestra or something. Okay. A couple so, of the clues. And then one one guy liked water, so I gave him like sparkling <laughs> water and I put on the nature sounds. Nature sounds. Like, yeah. Why are you giving me all this water? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the god of water. What are you doing with this? Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. But there's so, a lot of humor in there. There's not a whole lot of reading, Ryan. I, yeah. I think there was at the start because I was presented with an entire book and I felt like <laughs> I needed to read to the memorize. whole book. I felt and it's like, like four pages. <laughs> I felt like I needed That's to right. memorize everything about every demon before I yeah, start. No. And then I'm like, how, how do I know what demon to even start with? That's how I started. And, um, you know, then I got the whole book tattooed on myself just so that I wouldn't forget. But, um, That's but really completed it three times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Really, you have to just read the first demon's entry and then work from there. Get going, huh? Okay. Yeah. I tried to cool. summon the coolest looking demon and it wouldn't let me. So then I yes. realized, oh, I got to start with the first one. I, on my third playthrough, I tried doing stuff out of order and oh, realized nice. that there are roadblocks to that. Yeah. Huh. I think I tried summoning the second demon when I started. Don't do that, huh? That's you got to no, start no. with the first one. Okay. Yeah. You got to work your way up the hierarchy. See, that was unclear. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> really just look at bold text you basically don't have to read anything yeah. except bold yeah. text and you'll yeah. be okay for the most part but the flavor text is where it's at yeah and <laughs> it's pretty specific next time. like one guy nick and i got hung up i kept reading it as like oh this guy passed a test but i really i wasn't reading every word he had not passed a test <laughs> i was just reading oh it says he it's something about past tests so he probably passed a test he said i had those not are the bolded the words right his entry was not bolded at all <laughs> so when you said that um in one of my playthroughs i i gave him a power that allowed him to pass the test yeah. so i figured that's what you were saying to me but that no. was not the case yeah i tried to uh, pick the most important things and I, I forget who he was with, but passing a test was not as important as finding a cat or whatever. I don't forget who he was with. Yeah, Tracy and um, Werner. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, cool game though. It's, it's one cool. where I, I could see myself going back. And I, I like how short these games are too. I love it. Yeah. So great. If, how, if it was ten hours, you... I'm not going back. It felt like it was going to be that to me. How long was your playthrough, Nick, once you completed it? Uh, my first one or the third one? First. <laughs> uh, first was the longest. It was probably an hour. Okay, um, that's not bad. And then the third one, I, I cranked through it in like 15 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, not your speed run, your first run. That's that's yeah. interesting. That's not bad. Um, no. I'll, I'll come back to this game. If I you was... love demons, give it a shot. I don't, but I was in a different place this week. So, you know, I'll get back I, to it. I felt like mine was a half hour before I got stuck. So I was at the end in a half hour. Hmm. I, I was really luxuriating in all that beautiful text, Ryan. There you go. <laughs> I'm also, sure I was luxuriating in the artwork. It, it I, looks really great. I was not watching the clock, so that was just a guess. Um <laughs> If, yeah. if I remember, if I remember right, I think I saw one of the devs when I looked at their Twitter. It said something about DLC, but I don't know. I couldn't tell if they were joking. I have a feeling they're joking about that, but that'd be kind of cool. I could see them doing more with this, this kind of yeah. thing. 
Or they did like a '90s version, or you know what I mean. I would 60s love it. Version have Grandpa. If, this was Grandpa's Necronomicon or whatever. Like have him go back. Every other game was yeah. Demon Quest, whatever year. Yeah, um, that'd be wonderful. Anyway, cool. <laughs> Anything else we want to say about Demon Quest '85? I'll give it a try. Give it a shot, Ryan. And, and <laughs> you're doing good things have. with Pulp. I'm glad you're excited about Pulp. That's been yeah, that's been really fun to watch you do that too. So I am. That's yes. it's got me real fired up. Yeah. So talk more about that later. Cool. Cool. All right. All right. Bye See again. You guys later.